Dave Rubin. It's 2021. Can you believe it, people? We made it into the year that I'm told everything's going to be fine. Last year, problematic. 2020, big mess. But now we're in 2021 and everything's going to be a-okay. It is actually January 4th, 2021, and I am back from 10 days in the free state of Florida. So first off, I hope you all had a great Christmas and New Year. I hope you were around family and friends or just people that you like. I hope that the ongoing lockdowns and general political craziness and everything else didn't destroy the end of your year. You know, it's like if there's ever a week to just kind of let it all go, I, I sort of think it's the Christmas to New Year break. All right, I write about that in my book. Like if you're ever gonna like take a little time off social media, if you're ever just gonna like focus on family and friends and everything else, that seems to be the week to do it. Uh, that's definitely what I did. I was down in Florida with my sister and her husband and her kids. And uh, it was actually the first time since lockdown began, believe it or not, so since March that I've seen anyone on my side of the family hadn't seen, I still haven't seen my folks actually, we're working on that, but I hadn't seen my brother or my sister, or my nieces and nephews and everything else. So got to see my sister, which was great, and, and the kids and all that kind of stuff. And yes, I was in Florida. So we're gonna do a lot of lockdown stuff today and just sort of get everybody caught up on everything going on in the world. But in Florida, this incredible state of Florida, well, let, let's throw to some images here because I started in Florida in West Palm Beach. I did what was my first and last speaking gig of 2020. If you would have ever told me that I would have had only one speaking gig in 2020, I would have told you you were crazy. I mean, this is after a couple of years of where I've done, uh, at, in some cases, like in 2018, over 100 speaking gigs in a year with Jordan Peterson, but then in 2019, did probably 50, 60, maybe even 70 speaking gigs. I love getting out there in front of audiences. So I went to Turning Point uh, to their Student Action Summit, and as you can see, there were thousands of people there actually. They did uh, social distancing. You had to take your temperature as you went in. People, some people made choices to wear masks. Some people did not. Everything went responsibly. As far as I know, nobody got uh, COVID there. I actually did have a COVID test, by the way. I went to a New Year's Eve, New Year's night party in Miami where it was at a house, it was about 50 people and they had everyone take COVID tests. I hadn't taken a COVID test this entire time. A strange doctor jammed a giant uh, swab up my nose. It was extremely unpleasant, but I did not have COVID, so that was nice. But anyway, so I started off in Florida in West Palm Beach and the event was just great. It was great to be out there. And if you haven't seen it, actually, we did post the entire video of my talk. I did about 25 minutes. Uh, just kind of recapping the year and talking to these young students about freedom and all that good stuff. And then we do a little Q&A and, &A and, uh, and it was pretty great. And then in West Palm Beach, uh, after I spoke, uh, it was incredible what we did. Um, and I think we've got some video evidence to prove it. I went to lunch outdoors. It was, it was just incredible. Look at that, look at that. That is sausage and peppers. I had that at an outdoor restaurant. It was, it was just amazing. Can we get that sausage and pepper up? Yeah, it was just absolutely delicious. That was with David and my producer, Michael. They also had meals themselves. A complete stranger came to our table, asked us what we want to eat, and then a few minutes later brought us the food. And then ex in exchange for money, uh, we left, so I, they brought us the food, I paid them, 
and then we left. I then got a, a coffee at another place, and this type of thing went on. I bounced around Florida for the next 10 days. We were on the West Coast for most of it, uh, which I really like the West Coast. You know, everyone thinks of Florida as sort of Fort Lauderdale, Miami, like East Coast stuff. I like the, the West Coast of Florida. It's a little, a little calmer, a little slower there. Uh, but I went to restaurants and I had drinks. I had mojitos and I had margaritas. And I stopped by resorts where there were people on, on the beach and at the pool. And some, you know, they taught, you know, there were signs, you know, be respectful of people and social distance when you can and everything else. And, uh, and as far as I know, there were no super spreader events. People made choices for themselves. I ate indoors and outdoors. And at all the places, by the way, I saw people be very respectful of all of the regulations. So like even in Florida, which is totally open, it is not locked down. If you go into a restaurant, the, the servers and the staff, they're wearing masks and that's fine. And if you're wandering around within the restaurant, you put on the mask. I didn't see anyone have a problem with it. You may not want to do it, but I didn't see anyone have a problem with it. I didn't see any fighting or anything like that. But when people were wandering around and on the beach and on their bikes and everywhere else and, and you know, out there with the gators and the birds and the dolphins and all the other fun stuff that I saw, it was like you made the choices for yourself and, and it, was, uh, it was just great to be down there. And I mention all of this because I am back here in California and although I did try to take some time off the news in the last week and I, I actually did a pretty decent job of it. California is in, as you know, complete lockdown right now. So the restaurants aren't open, you can't sit outside, you know, businesses are just closing left and right. And I saw these numbers that I felt after being in Florida, it's important to talk about because there are some really staggering numbers. So in Florida right now, Florida has a total population of 21 million people, 21 million people. Florida is open. It is completely open. As I said, you can go about your business there and then stores are making decisions for themselves. And, and basically anywhere that I went, like if you went to the, to the grocery store or if I went into a shop, they asked you to put the mask on, you went ahead and did it. I went into a bookstore. There's a bookstore somewhere in South Florida, by the way, I'm not even gonna tell where, where I saw they had about six copies of Don't Burn This Book and I signed all the copies. So somebody, uh, if you use some contextual clues, I posted the pictures on rubenreport.com, you can probably find those books. But again, everyone was respectful of all of these things. California, I'm sorry, Florida has a population of 21 million people. There are 21,000 deaths from COVID in Florida. So again, 21 million people. It's a huge state, hugely populous state. It's, by the way, the second oldest state. We just had to check this. I would have sworn that it was the oldest state. Apparently, Maine is technically the oldest state. Uh, you know, the average age is the highest in America. So 21 million people, 21,000 deaths. Okay, and they're completely open. So now I'm, I'm going to give you a little context here for what's going on with the lockdowns. New York, let's talk about New York. New York is the, the state I was born, the state that I spent most of my life until I moved out here about seven and a half years ago. New York has 19 million people. So they have two million less people than Florida. And they're a younger population than Florida. They have 38,000 deaths. So in effect, they have basically double the deaths that Florida does, while New York has been in either full lockdown or some version of a full lockdown for eight, nine months at this point. And they basically have the same population, right? We're talking 19 million New York, 21 million Florida. So the question is, do the lockdowns work? And I think the proof is in the pudding and no one seems to be able to show me anything that would uh, make that untrue. 
right? Like if, if the lockdowns actually worked, well then we would see explosions in Florida with an older population and everything else. But you know, getting away from numbers for a minute, since it is the new year, I thought I could talk a little bit just about sort of where we're headed in 2021 related to all of this. Because what I realized in Florida was it wasn't just, you know, the weather's nice. I live in a place here in California that the weather's nice. And it wasn't just that places were open. It really wasn't, although it was great to go to bars and be served drinks and actually talk to strangers. Like, I really went out of my way. I'm pretty friendly in general, but I really went out of my way. When we were at restaurants, we were at bars, we were at the beach, we were at the pool. Wherever I went, I talked to people and people want to talk. I think actually what I could tell in Florida is that people wanted to talk more than usual because there's a lot of vacationers there and they want to, oh my God, remember remember a year ago when you used to talk to a stranger? You used to sit at a bar. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? What's going on? Okay. Um, but what I really realized by being away for 10 days and being in Florida is that there's a culture. And I think this is what we're going to really realize is, is going to smack us in the face if it hasn't smacked you in the face already in, in 2021, is that there is a culture of fear and then there is basically a culture of freedom. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have any restrictions. It doesn't mean that this is a hoax or any of that stuff. It really doesn't. I, I, know, I know two personal people in my life right now that, that have COVID. One is, one is young, about 20, and he's feeling a little under the weather and he'll be better in a couple days. And then in case you haven't heard it, uh, my friend and mentor, Larry King, has COVID. He's 87 years old. Larry has survived something like seven heart operations. He's had cancer and a series of other things. Uh, he's in the hospital right now. I'm, I'm praying for him and I, and I love him and, and I hope he is well. Uh, so I'm not sitting here telling you that, that COVID doesn't exist because it obviously does. Um, and your health and your behaviors and age and all of those things are all part of the, the pieces that will enable you to, to kick it or not. Um, but, but basically I sense what we're going to see going forward is that half the population lives in sort of like a general state of fear and they want the machine to just kind of tell them how to live. And then half the people want to sort of be free. They live with the spirit of freedom because the people that I met in Florida, and there was one night where I was at a place where there was some live music and it's a, it's a local musician who I've watched for years, uh, since I was a kid. And, uh, I, and I said hi to him, and he immediately knew who I was. Oh, I see you on Fox all the time, blah, blah, blah. And then there were a bunch of, it was older people. There were people probably in their 60s or 70s sitting around, and everybody was talking and laughing and having fun. And, and I chatted with a lot of the people, and, and apparently there's a lot of Fox viewers down in Florida, so they, they all kind of recognized me from that. Um, but, but I sense it's just sort of how you view the world. Do you view the world in a very fearful way and that the system can somehow protect you from everything? Or do you want to take a little risk? And I, I would connect that, I think, to a little bit about belief and about faith and what, what, what allows you to, to live with a little risk. And, and I also think that, and I did think this a lot when I, when I was away, that we are gonna have to also realize that a certain amount of people in the country are just, generally speaking, are just kind of brainwashed at this point. And it's also not fully their fault, right? Like if you just watch the mainstream stuff, you're going to be brainwashed to a degree. 
And then you're gonna think, oh, the government gave me $600, how wonderful that is, while the government also gave $10 million for gender studies programs in Pakistan. And I'm not even gonna get into that whole ridiculous spending bill, which was absolutely ridiculous. And it's funny, uh, it's like, you know, the government, okay, they're giving us $600, some people wanted them to give us $2,000. How about you just suspend taxes for everybody? How about you stop taking our money in the first place? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? That seems like it would work for me. But in any event, just kind of packaging all these things together, uh, I've just realized that the idea of federalism, you know, I talk about it all the time, it's states' rights and you should live where your values are, are more congruent and with people that, that are sort of in line with what you believe. Like we may be really seeing that experiment play out in 2021. We know that tons of people are leaving California. And it's funny, is anyone, I mean, can someone show me some numbers on this? Is anyone leaving a red state right now? Is anyone like, I've had it with this open state and these lower COVID numbers and all this freedom and my ability to go to work and go to school, I'm moving to California. Like nobody's doing it, nobody's doing it, right? So you don't need political analysts and you don't need analysis and everything else to show you that and experts and scientists. It's like, what makes us tick? I think it's, it's the desire to be free and live life and everything else. And I think we're just gonna have to accept that a certain amount of people just can't really understand that. And maybe that's a function of, of poor education, it probably is, and it's a function of a really dishonest media that is just absolutely awful and everything else. Um, but I know, and one of my resolutions for 2021 is, I don't wanna just be defined by all the things that I'm against. I mean, I try not to do that in general, right? I try to tell you guys what I'm for and not just rail against all, all the bad stuff. And I think part of that will just be acknowledging that a lot of people are just brainwashed by the system. It just is what it is and, and it's our job, as I would say, awake people as opposed to woke people to kind of show them, hey, you don't have to uh, have this sort of fake blue-pilled existence. You actually can, can fight for things yourself and everything else. And, and one other thing on the, on the culture of fear and all that, and then I'll move on, is that as it was so open in Florida, it was just, and it was just nice. It was nice to see people's faces. Truly, it was nice to see people smile and talk to each other and everything else. Uh, I got back to California and we went for a hike yesterday. I was yelled at twice. Uh, one, now, first off, we were outdoors. It was four of us. It was me, David, and David's brother and, and girlfriend. We're taking a hike. We're all relatively young, healthy people. It's a beautiful day in California. Not a lot of people out there. We're just taking a hike and, uh, and a woman passes us. We didn't have masks, we didn't, right? Like, and again, we're outdoors, okay? We're the, I know we're supposed to cancel everything, thanks to Eric Garcetti, but we're outdoors. And, uh, and a woman walked by and she was in a mask and she started yelling at me. And I said, ma'am, we're outside, you know, we're outside, it's, it's okay. And she said, you're not reading the papers. And then I just kind of left it there. And I just thought it was a funny thing to say, like, you're not reading the papers. Like I got the, I got, oh, well, the LA Times and I got the New York Times and I've got all of this brainwashing propaganda and everything else. Oh, and then I got yelled at because a, a bicyclist was riding like a maniac and he screamed at me too. Anyway, the culture of sort of freedom or fear or just like having some sort of happiness versus like endless misery. And I, I think we're gonna have to really realize when you see all these videos of people screaming at each other and everything else, that, that this is not how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live freely. We're not supposed to have things on our faces and everything else. And I, and I, I just sense that we, can, we can't solve everybody's problems, but maybe we can show everybody that there's a little bit of a better way to do this. In any event, I will uh, keep thinking about Florida. I had so many freaking people, and I had literally, I had real estate agents 
following me on Twitter and finding me on Facebook and Instagram asking if they could represent me because everyone wants me to move to Florida now. I know a lot of people want me to run for California governor. Uh, I'm still hoping that Rick Grinnell might do that once we recall, recall this moron, uh, Gavin Newsom. Um, but I know a lot of people want me to move to Florida. And on top of the fact that my, in the midst of this, we got our, you know, my business manager sent us our end of the year, all our numbers and taxes and everything else. Like when I looked at the bananas numbers of taxes that I'm paying here, and I, don't, I actually, although of course you know my feelings on this, I would prefer to pay less taxes because I would prefer the government to be less wasteful. Um, you know, there's a certain part of me that's like, oh, but if California is open and the weather is good and all that, and the people are out and about and there's cool restaurants and all that, then it's all good. But if they leave you with nothing, if they leave you with nothing other than the walls that you live in to be free, well, then it's like you look at the number and you're like, well, that's an awful lot I could be saving in Florida on top of, you know, more nice weather and crocodiles and, and other fun stuff and, and just nice people and everything else. So we shall see. But I will say this. I will go on the record. On today, January 4th, 2020, the leading candidate, if Dave Rubin is to leave California, the leading candidate as a state is Florida. I know there's a push to get Dave Rubin to Tennessee, right? The Tennessee people want me. Michael Knowles wants me in Tennessee. I know the Daily Wire people would love me over there. The Blaze people, of course, my, my home people, right? Love all the Blaze people, truly love all the Blaze people, Glenn and Tyler and everybody. Well, they would like me uh, over in Texas, but I got to say there's something about Florida, although it is humid, and I know that that would depress the height of the hair. But right now, that is, uh, that is the leading contender. We shall see. All right, let's move on to, uh, to some, oh no, so we're going to move on into some stories, actually. But this is connected to everything I just said here, and I'll do it kind of quick. So one of the things that I saw, there's a guy on Twitter by the name of at Drew Holden 360. Uh, I've come across him a couple times before. I think he's an interesting guy. He's got a, a good handle on what's going on with the media. And I saw this while I was in Florida. I thought it was just perfect. He categorized, and we'll throw up a whole bunch of them right now, tweets that mainstream media has said about Ron DeSantis, who is the Florida governor, versus Andrew Cuomo, who is the New York governor. Now, I just laid out the numbers, right? Twice the deaths, less of a population in New York, all of that with a younger population. Yet the glowing, the endlessly glowing media coverage from MSNBC and from CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post and all of these, Slate.com and CNBC and the rest of it, if you look at all of these, I'm not going to read all of them right now, and if you want to pause and you can, you can read them yourself, uh, it's absolutely staggering, in, staggeringly incredible when you see the hypocrisy of the mainstream media. One guy, Ron DeSantis, who I think has probably become the best governor in the entire country, a guy just trying to keep his people at work, just trying to have people not have their rights infringed on, while at the same time allowing businesses to make choices, as I said earlier, and you go into the grocery stores there and all of those things, and even when you get up from your table, at a restaurant, they ask you to put your mask on, and I didn't see people screaming at each other about it. But the way the media frames this, that Andrew Cuomo is somehow a hero, and Ron DeSantis is evil. Well, we, we give you about, uh, this is that thread from Drew, and as you can see, there's just article after article of horrible media bias. And these people, again, guys, this thing ain't going anywhere. If you think that media bias is over somehow, uh, because maybe Joe Biden's going to be president, and obviously we're going to talk more about what's going on with Trump in D.C. this week and everything else. I'll talk about that later in the week. 
Um, but if you think media bias is going away, it, it has just been ramped up to the, to the crazy point. And when I say earlier that we're gonna have to accept that a certain amount of people are brainwashed, it's because of stuff like that, right? It's because they see New York Times headlines, they see deadline headlines, as you're looking at right now, they see Washington Post headlines, and they say, oh my God, all of these bad things about Ron DeSantis, and then all of these good things about Andrew Cuomo, and it's like, well, you, in a way, you can't blame them for being brainwashed because the entire system is built to brainwash people. There was also a, another great moment, you may have seen this a couple of days ago, of Ron DeSantis talking about, um, talking about the, the vaccinations, and he's like, whoop-de-damn-do, I'm the governor, I'm young, I'm healthy, like, let's get it to the people who need it. And it's just like that, I mean, that, that's a good governor. I, I, I gotta get the guy on the show, we gotta talk to him, obviously. All right, uh, let's move on a little bit, because obviously, you know, I talk about the California situation, a lot, and I don't want to just focus on California, and I don't want, I want to just focus on Florida where I was, and I don't even want to just focus on America because this stuff is happening all over the world. I saw two videos yesterday that were incredible, and I think that they're sort of canaries in the coal mine for what could really be coming to America unless we really do wake up to this stuff. So this first video is from uh, Twitter, a Twitter user by Zol Neveri on Twitter, and this is at an anti-lockdown protest in London, and you're not gonna believe this, guys. There is a man, a citizen in London, who tried to hug, voluntarily, other human beings. Can I give you hugs, Yes, of course you can. She's not concerned. Exactly. She's not concerned. We're not concerned about an invisible, fictitious virus. Exactly. Oh, look at this. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Do you want to hug? I'm calling you free hugs. I'm a free hug, come on. Brother, a hug. Oh, thank you. A hug, sister. Come on. Yes. Brother, a hug. Oh, yes. Yes. Human beings in contact with each other. We are not scared of COVID. Come on, brother. Yes. We are not scared of COVID. Not at all, brother. Not at all, mate. Who wants a hug? We are not scared of COVID. Come on. Come on, bro. Oh, you want a hug? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's show these lying criminal politicians we are not going to take this bull anymore. Come on, who else wants a hug? I'm going to give you one. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Take care, I'm going to walk in. Okay. Please, please maintain social distancing. Okay. Please. You have a good day. Okay. Now you need to hang about, sir. What? Because you've clearly just been engaging with people who are not in the same house. Okay. Well, I'm recording, officer. And I'm I'm recording as well. Okay. Yeah, you can see you can see the uh, the um, red light going around in there okay, on my camera. That that means I'm. Recording. So this is just evidence to you going up to people. Do you know these people? Mm -hmm. Oh, you do know them. They're human beings like me. Because no, he's been going around Hugs. They don't um, mind. They don't mind. It's all They're on, happy. It's all on, it's they don't all hurt. Who's been hurt, officer? Who's been hurt? Been, hurt? Who's been hurt by my actions? You? Sir, An officer of the government? Sir. There's God. Sir. Not, human beings and government. Sir. Government is right. inferior right, to human beings. Okay. No, look. They are inferior to human beings, okay? They are officers of government. Officers of state. That's a good man right there, and I don't know who he is, but I would like to give him a virtual hug, and if he ever makes it to the U.S. or next time I'm in London, if they let me in, I would like to hug the guy. Uh, there's a great line there he's, where the officer says, do you know these people? And he says, they're human beings like me. 
And the, the fact that a state government and law enforcement believe that they can arrest or interrogate or otherwise harass decent citizens for hugging or shaking hands or talking to each other, you know, uh, the phrase Nazi is slightly overused, right? I think we killed the overuse of Nazi in 2020, but, but this is the tactics of Nazism, making people afraid of each other, making people afraid of the government. And we did, I, I know a whole bunch of you joined us for it, we did a V for Vendetta movie night uh, right before uh, Christmas, and one of the great lines in V for Vendetta is when V says, people should not be afraid of their government, government should be afraid of their people. What right do these people have, these law enforcement officers, other than they're just following orders, which is, by the way, what every Nazi soldier said after World War II and during the Nuremberg trials and everything else. That's what they said, oh, I was just following orders. There was a chain of command, I was just following orders. You can get good people to do lots of bad stuff just by following orders. Uh, and one other thing, and this is sort of related to what I said earlier, that it's interesting when he talks about God and government, and government is below God. And one of the things that I'm really coming around to lately, I, I find it to be an inevitability in many ways, is that most of the people that I sense are brave right now, or clear-minded, or willing to stand up for what they believe in, it has something to do with belief, and I don't think that that's a coincidence. They don't believe that what is true is just what's happening right here, this very second, right? Like, they believe that there's something true above them. And I think that when you hear someone say that, it's like he's empowered by belief. And uh, it's a strange place for me to be arguing from, but it, but it is something that I've come to believe as well. Uh, let's, let's jump over to Canada because I just, showed you, I just showed you London, right, UK. Let's jump over to Canada. This is even more disturbing at some level. This is in Quebec where uh, police bust into a house because somebody narked, a neighbor narked on this family for having seven people in their home. feel disturbed by that, okay? These are police officers busting into a private person's house because they're having a seven-person house party. I don't know how many people lived in that house versus how many people they had over or whatever it is they did, but they chose to have a house on their own, uh, have a, par a party on their own property, in their own home, and police officers are literally trying to drag people, violently using force to drag people out of that house. So if you look at that video from Canada and you look at the video from London where a man's just trying to hug people, and then you see what we're doing here in California and in New York where we don't let people go to work, and then the government, oh, here's your $600. Here's your $600, take it, peasant. Uh, I think you can see sort of a broader picture of what's going on here. And that's why I wanted to cover all of these stories 
uh, on this first show back. I know I could immediately jump right back into the sort of specific political craziness and everything that's going on with Trump and this Georgia phone call and, and all of that stuff, and we'll get to that over the next couple of days. But I thought that this stuff was just important because I think this is how 2021 is gonna be framed. We're gonna keep seeing infringements on our rights, and it's not just gonna be wherever you live. It's gonna kind of be worldwide. And then this will just get us to the, to the final thing that I wanted to talk about today because there was this video of Ted Wheeler. Now, as you guys know, Ted Wheeler is the mayor of Portland. This guy, I mean, Bill de Blasio is, is the worst mayor in the country for sure. Like this, he is an awful communist, vile human being who has destroyed the greatest city probably in the history of the world. And if you didn't see the video, if you wanna watch some serious dystopian stuff, while normally we would have millions of people in New York in Times Square, and I've done it on New Year's Eve many times, and it's actually pretty miserable because there's so many people and you can't get to subways and it's whatever and it's crazy and all that stuff. So Times Square was basically com like a complete, uh, empty, just really dystopian sort of scary nothingness on New Year's. But, but uh, Bill de Blasio was dancing with his wife. If you didn't see the video, you should, you should check that out. And then, of course, the other two people that were in Times Square were drunk Anderson Cooper and drunk um, Andy Cohen on CNN, which nobody watches and nobody cares. Um, but Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, who's close behind de Blasio, right? We got Garcetti's horrible. There's a couple of really bad mayors. Uh, Bowser in D.C. is terrible. And Lori, what's her name? Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. Uh, I mean, she's just, woohoo. Uh, but there, there's a bunch of terrible ones. But Ted Wheeler is probably the worst right after de Blasio just because Portland has become the epicenter of everything that's happening with Antifa. And we see just violence coming to our cities and no one's doing anything about it. This, this is a clown who kept playing footsie with them and not uh, using law enforcement to stop Antifa, which in my estimation is a domestic terrorist organization. He did nothing. He literally had to move out of his apartment because Antifa was attacking his apartment building. So instead of doing anything and pushing back, he decided that he didn't want his neighbors to be harassed, so he moved. I mean, this guy's an abject clown. Well, finally, over the last few days, as people have been throwing firebombs at police officers and murdering down more buildings and destroying every Starbucks, which goes without saying, uh, he's finally decided that maybe now he'll do something. My good faith efforts at de-escalation have been met with ongoing violence and even scorn from radical Antifa and anarchists. In response, it will be necessary to use additional tools and to push the limits of the tools we already have to bring the criminal destruction and violence to an end. Lawlessness and anarchy come at great expense and with great risk to the future of our community. It's time to push back harder against those who are set on destroying our community and to take more risks in fighting lawlessness. In closing, once again, I condemn anyone who engages in violence or criminal destruction, no matter what their ideology. All right, so look, this guy's just a clown, and it's like, it's a little too late, man. You, first off, you didn't use your tools in the first place, right? You had, you had officers retreating constantly. We've seen the endless chaos. No one in their right mind would ever want to live in Portland at this point. And I hate to tell you, Ted Wheeler, but the revolution is going to eat you, and you deserve it. I mean, that's really just where it is. Um, so the reason I want to do that as the fourth story is because I think between lockdowns, between watching the incompetence of our public officials and everything else, I think that sort of encapsulates... Um, what 2021 is going to be about. Because, you know, as I said before, it's like a lot of people are trying to show us, oh, well, you know, 2021 will be the year that we all come together, we all, you know, make amends and all of that stuff. 
And I just, and I think that meme will constantly be out there so that if you say anything and stand up for anything, it'll make you look like the outsider and you look like the bad guy and you look like the, the guy that's gonna spoil the party and all of that stuff. And in fact, if you're one of those people who's standing up for things and who's fighting against a government that gives us pennies while they take all our money and that don't defend us when they're supposed to and that keep us trapped in our house and all those things, you're probably the good guy. You're probably the good guy, but because our media is so terrible, it's, it's gonna be framed that you're the bad guy. And I promise you guys, as my first show of the year, that I will do my best to uh, continue to be a slight voice of reason in the midst of that. I'm completely focused and ready to roll on that, and I know you guys are too. Uh, and I want to mention that you guys should check out, you can watch The Rubin Report on blazetv.com where, where you can get great shows by Glenn Beck and everybody else. You can join us at rubinreport.com, which by the way, it's a project of locals.com, as you know, which is my tech company. We're gonna have some major announcements coming. We've got some really good stuff going there, and I just believe that small communities are the future of the internet. I don't think that big tech is. And by the way, that's also where I respond to people, because I can't respond to people on other social media anymore. It's just such a mess of, of awfulness. So I can actually individually respond to people on Rubin Report. Dot com. Uh, as I said, you can catch my Turning Point USA Student Action Summit speech, which we just posted on YouTube, I believe, yesterday. And uh, oh, and to end this uh, first edition of the Rubin Report Direct Message in 2021, if you're a real estate broker in Florida and you're just sitting on a piece of land, you've got a gorgeous house, you're looking to move, email us, support at rubinreport.com. All right, guys, it's, it's going to be a crazy year, but I'm here for you. I'll be, I'll be along the ride with you. Let, let's see if we can make some sense of it together. Have a great day, everybody. We're back tomorrow.